Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Wednesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Tuesday. Uh, we'll ruminate on the future of the traffic light system. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the uptick in gun violence in New Zealand and whether the police should add to that to combat it. Um, and then we'll be interrupted by a dog. But before any of that, uh, Luxon's your man. Well, if you're international, he's your man. It's a little bit yeah. earlier than you were expecting, right? Well, I mean, I think as you would know better than anybody, I think you, your opportunities in politics, uh, you take them when they're there. And um, what's really exciting is that, you know, today really our caucus uh, demonstrated through an uncontested um, uh, change and transition to new leadership um, that they wanted to unify. They wanted to put the, the problems of the last four years behind them. They want to turn the page. We want to make sure that people understand National is back. We're fired up and ready to go. When did you decide after the implosion of Jud- Judith Collins on Wednesday, when did you decide, yep, OK, I want this? Um, pretty much at that time. Um, you know, for me, you know, it's really thinking through what can you bring to the team and what can you bring to the, the National Party. And for me, you know, as you well know, I've sort of had a background in, you know, international business and local biz- businesses here in New Zealand. And what you realise is actually solving problems, getting the results, working through people. A lot of that's actually the job of the leader of a political party. How do you build a great team? How do you get the culture right? How do you use all the talents of the people that are there? How do you pull it together? and say we want to build a high-performance team and actually take it to the government and actually, more importantly, come up with some solutions for New Zealanders. So, you know, a lot of the skills that you have as a CEO uh, in that context are transferable. Yes, there's different processes and different um, content that you've got to master, but, you know, that's the point of a team, right? They've all got skills that, you know, we put it together. How did you get Simon Bridges to stand aside? Um, Well, we I'm not going to go into that. I actually have a theory on how he did that. Um, based on this evidence. Will edible gummy bears be legal? Yeah, I think he plied them with edible gummies. I think Simon's research into those led to a serious gummy addiction. We've all been there. Um, What does Marcus make of it all? I suppose what will be keen for them would be to get some of the people across back from ACT without freaking out those... In the middle of the political spectrum, I guess that's the great challenge. How do you do that? I don't know the answer to that. So how do you bring the people back from ACT? They'll want something. They'll want some policies. So your reaction, how you think it will play out as well. I don't really have an opinion on this one. Um, I guess it'll make for a slightly more interesting election this time. And I think everyone's very curious to see how it will happen. So Marcus, um, he doesn't know how National will attract people back from ACT. I've got a theory on how they could do that. Will edible gummy bears be legal? Is this joke getting too old yet? I think there's probably still a little bit of mileage in it. (laughs) I think um, Kate is over uh, the traffic light system and it hasn't even started. They're taking a cautious approach. Of course they are. The problem with this whole thing... It's the lack of definitive criteria for it. I reckon that does two things. One, gives the government all the power with little or no accountability. And two, leaves people in the dark. You know, can festivals go ahead or not? Can people make holiday travel and accommodation plans around that or not? A review of the traffic lights, of course, we know comes on December 13th. You know, is that enough time for festival organisers to cancel or postpone their events? 
which start a couple of days after Christmas, is just over 10 days enough time for contractors to get the yay or nay. For festival goers to tweak plans, book accommodation, book travel, I doubt it. And it's tough to play a game when you don't know the rules. And this is the problem with the government not being transparent here and holding all the cards. I mean, why is Auckland, as a region, one of the most vaxxed areas of the country, starting on red? You know, the government claims it's because it's the epicentre of the outbreak. But when is Auckland not going to be the epicentre of the outbreak? For as long as MIQ's in Auckland, it's an epicentre. The definitions also state that red is about protecting the health system from being overwhelmed. But the health system's not remotely overwhelmed, not even close to it. So again, why? Starting Auckland in red literally makes no sense. And given that, how do you justify moving it out? What's going to change between now and when Auckland moves to orange? Nothing. I mean, they say they'll be looking at factors like vaccination rates. They're already high in Auckland. The state of the health system, again, in good shape. Contact tracing and case management capacity. Well, actually, that part's up to them, not us. You can't punish us for something we've got no control over. Surely holding Auckland back based on the government's own ability or otherwise to do something, that's just plain cruel. So we start this thing Friday. Aucklanders get to leave their boundary two weeks later. The whole thing we know gets reviewed again uh, just uh, January 17th after that December 13th initial review. There's another one on the 17th of January. But before we get our hopes up too much, we still don't know yet what's happening with Omicron, do we? So we still don't have a lot of surety about our lives. But then again... Isn't this just how we live now? Living in, you know, fortnightly bundles of hope tinged with anxiety. The problem is we're so browbeaten by all of this that despite still being dictated our lives in two weekly sermons, we somehow still feel grateful for every incy-wincy bit of freedom that they allow us. Now, believe it or not, there's stuff going on um, that isn't directly related to COVID or the National Party. Uh, people are shooting people in the streets. Um, and, of course, when this happens, people, especially police, or 79% of police, uh, want to be armed. They want to have their own guns so they can shoot back and then there'll be more shooting. That sounds like a good solution, doesn't it? And they're pee-fueled, testosterone-driven battle to the death to prove that they are the stronger gang, that they cover more territory that they own a particular part of Auckland. And that's what they're doing. They're owning it. And seem to be absolutely unabashed about being out in public, patches on, guns at the ready, and any collateral damage is neither here nor there. God, I even saw a couple on A-pangers the other day, motorbikes with A-pangers. I haven't seen those since Turangi in 1973, for God's sake. How do you drive an apanger on your leisurely summer roadie round the twisty roads of the far north? Still, I suppose God's little pruning fork and all that, if you try and take that on a long road trip. But that, it's the presence, the strut, the shoulders back, guns out. And by that, I don't mean the biceps. I mean literal guns out. Sun's out, gun's out, and the gangs are taking it to the streets of West Auckland. Police are hospitalised. Innocent people who have no affiliation to gangs whatsoever, no desire to, who just happen to have the misfortune of being in the same streets as these, as these morons, are caught up in the crossfire 
And it seems nobody wants to do anything if they're in a position of power other than to engage with the gangs. Yeah. How's that working out for you? Uh, so I think Kerry just wants to shoot them. I think that's what he's suggesting. Yeah, I mean, I know I might sound like a uh, weak need lefty liberal when I say this. I just don't think that two guns make a right. I'm a bit old-fashioned that way. I'm not saying that it's easy or safe to be a police officer, but just more and more guns doesn't seem to result in less gun stuff. Um, we're going to uh, finish up here uh, being interrupted by a dog because that's always funny. So, so we wouldn't we wouldn't have twenty five. So, in terms of the legal perspective, that's that's almost irrelevant. But the the the, the comment is is the, the principle that we have made is we will ask. Um, and if you're coming around to quote my kitchen, for example, I may I may ask you because mm. I don't know you. Um, but but for family members and people that we trust and have relationship with, we'll ask what their vaccination status is, and that's all we want. Fair enough. Andrew, thank you very much. Apologies for Puff barking in the background there, and Alsatian walked past our front door, and I think Puff wanted to check his vaccine pass. <laughs> and, Puff's, and Puff is a, uh, what, a, what sort of dog? P- he's a poodle. The he's poodle on an Alsatian. Oh, <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah, uh, I... Great fun. Uh, yesterday, the, the dog at my place um, interrupted my um, movie I was watching because there was a dog on the movie. And he couldn't figure out how there was a dog suddenly in the room um, and wasn't quite sure what to do about it. Barked at it, obviously. Um, looked behind the television when it went off the screen to see if it had gone there. Because up until that point, I thought he was quite a smart dog, but turns out. I'm Glenn ZB. Neither of our cats have ever tried to find a cat behind the television, I'm just saying. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, That has been News Talk ZB. Uh, All animals welcome tomorrow. See you then.